Hello all, Chris Hayden here, the pastor of Kindred UMC and one of the hosts of the Kindred Enneagram, Kindred Spirits Enneagram podcast, to which you are now listening. Uh, This week we tackle finally our age-old debate over is the Enneagram motivation test or personality test. I argue that it's both and we get into it. Uh, So enjoy and as always, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz helps. And if you're interested in being a guest or if you have any other questions and you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at kindredumc at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. So with no further ado, away we go. Here we are. Hello. The long-awaited personality versus motivation. Yes, we've only been talking about this for... All two dozen listeners have well, been finally, waiting for this. I get to this. hear this argument in person. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I'm, I'm Chris Hayden. I am the pastor at Kendra UMC. This is a live show. And one of the Why are we introducing ourselves? Well, you know, it feels like... Uh, it feels like we're about to do battle. It's it's a, it's a little bit like the announcer in this corner. Yeah, we do like each other, by the way. Like we are friends. It's just this is a most of the time. You're so irritating. <laughs> I feel like you and Matt are the two people I say you're so irritating to the most. Gross. Well, that's what happens when you're irritating, Chris? I don't know what to tell you. And Preston. I tell Preston he's irritating a lot, too. I would imagine that. So Preston is, Preston is genuinely irritating. Like, he is deliberately, he is trying, he's aiming at it. Oh, and he, <laughs> yes, he is. Anyway, this is not that podcast. Okay. So, uh, so is the Enneagram a personality test? Or, as you claim, a motivation test? Well... Everybody knows that we've agreed on some verbiage, but I'll say that I don't... The reason I say the Enneagram isn't a personality test, even though it does talk about aspects of personality, is because if you look at it from just a personality lens, honestly, you're going to miss the whole point. You're more likely to mistype. You're not taking into account that, you know, you're your motivation, which is what the Enneagram is actually about. Because the Enneagram is all about why you do what you do rather than what you do. And while what you do does play a part in that, like for example, so type twos are often described as empathetic, kind, helpful. Um, And so it's the most common mistype among Christian females. And the reason for that Mm -hmm. is because- Oh, I I can guess the reason for that. Yeah, the reason for that is because the church is taught females that they should be helpful, supportive, um, submit to your husband, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, get in the back seat. Right, and so when people- Get in the back seat, you bitch. When people take the Enneagram <laughs> and then, test- And then all of a sudden, when that language comes out, they're like, oh no, we don't mean it. Like, well, that's what you're saying. Right, <laughs> and so when they take the Enneagram test, they take the test as who they want to be and who they've been told and influenced to be, rather than who they actually are. And so a lot of times, Christian females in particular will mistype as type twos because that language is in the type two descriptor. However, okay, type well, hold on. So to, to that point, I would say what you're talking about 
is how to, you're talking about like, what's my personality? And then that'll tell me what type I am. A personality test tells you accurately things about your personality that you may or may not be aware of. That's what, that is the point of a personality test. Yeah. Would you, would you agree that then the Enneagram test actually does that yeah i mean i would agree with you that the enneagram test does that so okay so it's I a personality think, test <laughs> but i think i and this it's gonna be it, this isn't like a heated argument at this point but i think that oh oh i'm pissed well i'm not really <laughs> i think that yes that is true and yes the enneagram does assess personality accurately in a lot of ways i think it can be very helpful it gives you language to describe yourself my argument is less about whether or not is the Enneagram at all about personality, is it a personality test, and more about let's take personality as a reaction to the motivation. Because in order to accurately find your Enneagram type, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and type as who you are and not who you see yourself, not who you would like not how you would like to see yourself or what you would like to be or anything like that. That's why those the tests for the Enneagram are so wildly inaccurate and so many people mistype. So, well, okay. So now, now we're back into a more fundamental discussion about the purpose of Enneagram. Mm -hmm. about, so it seems to me that Enneagram purists of... I would call myself an Enneagram purist. Of which I am not. I, <laughs> like, I, I, I am not an Enneagram purist at all. I take all of the, I take all of the Enneagram stuff with a, a very serious grain of salt. And it seems to me that the Enneagram purists would say, there's no real test you can take that's going to accurately assess your actual type. And that the only way to truly know your type is to become perfectly self-aware and then classify your own type according to your perfect knowledge of your inner self. And it's like, well, then why do I fucking need your Enneagram? Uh, well, <laughs> if, I, if I have to attain utter inner clarity before I can even use this whole thing then why do I need it? Because I already have pretty significant inner clarity. Okay, so... And, and also I would add to that, you're not supposed to type other people, which mm -hmm. is bullshit because it's something we all do all the time. Everyone who knows anything about the Enneagram is constantly guessing what type everyone else is. And this yeah. idea that we're not supposed to do that, like, like there's something... There's something deceitful, like deceptive. Like it, it's not, it's not, there's something not being honest about it. And I don't like that. Yeah, you're saying a bunch of points all at once. And so it's gonna But be they all boil down to this whole thing of like, then what's the Enneagram for if you have to have perfect knowledge of yourself before it's even okay. useful? So a couple of things that, that reminded me of my two main things I wanted to say. So first of all, um, the reason that purists might ask you to look at the motivations about a personality type rather than take a test, at least in my experience and why I encourage people to do that, 
is because the way a lot of these tests are... I agree with that. I think that's helpful. I, I'm, I, I'm not arguing against that right. as an idea. Right. Like, that's actually but very good. for people to, you know, understand why that might be asked, I think, te like, the way these things are tested, like, the tests that we tend to use, which I tend to like better than a lot of the other ones that I've taken, I find it to be the most accurate one because it's not... Which one do we, by the way? Uh, the Enneagram Institute. Enneagram test number Institute. two, because that one gives you subtypes. Test number two, it gives you I the... I truly think that subtypes are... The sexual, social... Yeah. Uh, uh, Self-prep. I truly think that subtypes are very important and make a difference in your typing, but they often get overlooked because it's another layer to the Enneagram that makes it more complicated. Wouldn't you say that the subtypes like venture into personality absolutely. pretty strongly? Yes, absolutely. And because... Not everybody is going to fit into one of nine boxes. Again, we're saying that this test is a test that's based in motivation. But, like, I could be a two and, you know, we've had lots of other twos on this podcast. Um, I'm trying to recall. I don't know why I can't recall. Jeremy Jackman is a type two. And Jeremy Jackman and I might have the same motivation, but we're very uh, different. Sydney, Sydney type two. is another type two. All of us are type twos, but we're all very different in our personalities. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have guessed that Jeremy was a type two if I had to like think off the top of my head. But I didn't know Jeremy as well as you did, so maybe yeah. you would. I don't know. But like the reason that subtypes are important is because people can't fit into nine boxes. Like, and so yes, from that perspective, the personality part of the Enneagram is to help clarify that motivation, I think, for people. It's to say that, like, maybe, like, you know, you're not the most helpful. You're not the, like, I, you'll never catch me doing the dishes behind the scenes. And you see a lot of type 2 Enneagram stuff being posted as the servant-hearted. They like to help by doing the dishes and volunteering to cook. And that's not me at all. Like, Miss me with that. No, ma'am. No, thank you. Uh, Matt does all the dishes. My version of helping is by bringing people in and including people and finding ways to connect people to others. And that is a very social too way of being a two. But because of personality, you do have your countertypes. It's, it kind of helps people find a spot to fit into the number. But again, the main thing is about the motivation. Uh, so again, all I hear you saying is any test that accurately assesses your Enneagram type and your subtype and and your um uh what's the other part? Wing? Yeah, your wings. Um all of that will accurately assess your personality yeah. as well. No, I don't disagree with you. It's not this isn't a matter, for, again, for me, this isn't a matter of is the Enneagram a personality test or not. Like, That's literally the name of this episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> it, it absolutely does test for personality. I'm arguing that personality isn't the main thing. I'm arguing that personality comes second to and supports motivation. Personality is how people can find like camaraderie within their number, but it's not the main reason why Enneagram is helpful. Well, so... And uh, then to your argument about the self-actualization thing. That you have to know yourself before any of it really works. So I would 
my, my argument to that one, and it's something that we probably should be better about talking about on this podcast specifically because I don't think we tap into it enough. I think a lot of people get caught up on the core motivation and that can be really difficult to find if you're not actively working on yourself. And what we don't talk about often enough is the core fear and what happens when, the, when you go into that stress, fear, number, motivation place. Because a lot of the motivations do sound very similar. I would argue though that a lot of the fears are very specific and sound different when you look at the grander scale of things. So if you're not in a place where the motivations are making sense to you necessarily, I would challenge you then to look at the fear. And then if you're still not there, then maybe look at the stance that your number has. Are you compliant? Are you aggressive? Are you um, withdrawn? Um, then you could also look at the growth and stress numbers. So there's, I, I, I hear your argument for the, you have to know yourself very well, and I can totally see how that's like a thing. But I think- We've done several episodes where people have come like, yeah. we literally did one on me about like, am I a four, am I an eight? And yeah. I think that's the one that broke me where I was finally like, I think I'm over it. Yeah, and <laughs> like, then to reference- Like, who like I'm at the place where I'm like, I don't care. To reference Matt's podcast though, like Matt is a very good example because Matt, when you look at- I think he's a five. And Matt now thinks he's a five as well. <laughs> but how did he get to that conclusion? He didn't get to that conclusion by looking at the motivation of wanting to be compliant, wanting to be right. That wasn't the thing that stood out for him. The thing that stood out for him was this idea of this fear of being wrong. It feels humiliating to be wrong. It feels embarrassed yeah. to be wrong. And even though Matt has actively been working on himself, like it wasn't until we sat down has and did that in, podcast. In like two years has made huge observable progress. progress. Right, <laughs> like, huge. Like, you can, like if you knew him two years ago and then you like didn't talk to him for two years. Right. And then you met him again, you'd be like. Different person. Hey, what the fuck happened? He 180, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But I think he, he got to the conclusion of, okay, I think I might actually be a five not because of the core motivation, but because of the core fear. And the what does it feel like when you're in this place of fear and stress? What, do, what is the thing that is scary for you? How do we grow in so, that? So it sounds to me like what you're saying is the actual best test for an Enneagram typing is for you to look at the fears. I would say so. I would say core motivation and core fear go hand in hand. I would but they don't. That's the thing. We because we've done that before. Core motivation. We've done that, and it's not as effective. You like you have to have serious self awareness. Yeah, and I think the core motivation gets muddy. I think the f looking at if you're new to the enneagram, if you are not sure which type probably fits you the best, I would say look at the fears first, and then do a little deep dive into that. So let all right. Let's do like let's do a little fun experiment. Okay. Can you do you know the fears? Can you look them I up? I can pull you, them up. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what are what are the like the let's run through the core motivations, core fears, for for all the types. Okay. Cool. And let's like because because I'm still up in the air about am I a four? Am I an eight? And it's funny because we literally uh, can like just had a. Um, conversation with my CPE supervisor, my clinical pastoral education supervisor, about guesting on the podcast. And you brought up in that little group text 
what type I am after we had had the debate about whether I'm a four or an eight, and she was like, a four. Like, yeah. Like she she made she made a big deal about like obviously you dumb shit. I mean she was much more polite than that. I'm being you know like she's a professional. Like, sure. She's a professional lady who would never do that with a get with a, a stranger. But um, but like that was kind of the text she sent was like uh of course. Right. I am not nearly that sure. Like I like it, it's not that clear to me at all. Okay, I have the core fears and core motivations. You want to just talk about the fears for right now? Well, let's do, let's talk about both. Like, okay. let's just run through. So them. these come from your so Enneagram one. coach. She is a certified Enneagram coach. One of the best resources out there. So that's so where I'm getting my source from. Here, so here's the here's the little, uh, not quite experiment, but like just a little exercise. We'll do. Yeah. I am looking for my type. Okay. And I'm going to listen to the motivations and the fears specifically. Okay. And 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 just apropos of nothing, like yeah. with no I'm going to I'm going to completely dissolve and delete and erase all personality. All of the other bullshit. Cool. And I'm just going to listen to the core fear, core motivation and try and pick my type well, based on that. Well, you also haven't taken the test, have you? Or at least yeah. re- you have taken the test? I've taken several tests. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Yeah. But have you taken it recently? Uh, I mean, within since we've started this podcast, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Here, here we go. So, type one, the moral perfectionist. Core fear of a type one is being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, unredeemable, or corruptible. What What's the motivation? Core motivation is how... Start with the motivation, I think. Okay, this person has the fear listed out first. So this person has it right now as... I think it's, help, I think it's more helpful to start with the motivation, if okay. that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. So okay. we have core fear, core desire, core weakness, and core longing. Okay. So I will just read all of those things okay. to you. So core desire, having integrity, being good, balanced, accurate, virtuous, and right. Okay. Core fear, being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, unredeemable, or corruptible. Core weakness is resentment, repressing anger that leads to continual frustration. And core longing, so something that a type one would love to hear, is you are good. Okay. Uh, Okay. Keep going. Type two. Core desire, being appreciated, loved, and wanted. Core fear, being rejected, unwanted, thought worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, Unworthy of love. Okay, so those resonate with me. Okay. Uh, core weakness is pride. Denying your own needs and emotions while using your amazing intuition to discover and focus on the emotion and needs of others. I don't do that. Core longing, you are wanted and loved. We're, this is like a side conversation, but I always have problems with the way that the twos are described. Yes. Who doesn't want to be wanted and loved? I think, yeah. okay, <laughs> you know? that is a side conversation. I would agree with you that everyone wants to be loved. I, where I would challenge is I think twos have a particular need to be wanted and included that other Enneagram types don't have. 
I think so too. I agree with that. But I know you don't like the wording. The language, the yeah, we can we can do better. We can better articulate that. Um, if you were a two, I would love to look at because I know the self-pressed <clears throat> two is a um, counter type, so that might be something to look into as well. Yeah. Type three. <laughs> but again, we're at the thing. Like, okay, so how many yet. different things could I be? We're not there yet. <laughs> type three. Core desire, having high status and respect, being admired, successful, and valuable. Yeah. Core fear, being exposed as or thought of as incompetent, inefficient, or worthless, failing yeah. to be or appear successful. I feel like I've proved that this season, <laughs> that that is not a fear of mine. No. I had a bunch of people kind of throw some rocks at me. I was like, okay, whatever. Core weakness, deceit, deceiving yourself into believing you are only the image you present to others, embellishing the truth by putting on a polished persona for everyone else. Core no, longing, you, that's are, not me. you are loved for simply being you. Yeah. That. Okay. I The longing makes sense, but again, that's a thing that I would be like, who doesn't want that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't want to just be loved for who they are? Type four. Authentic, creative, da-da-da. Core desire, being unique, special, and authentic. Core fear, being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. Core weakness, envy, feeling yet that you're tragically flawed, something foundational is missing inside you and others possess qualities you lack. Mm -hmm. Core longing, you are seen and loved for exactly as who you are, special and unique. Isn't that core longing very similar to the last several core longings? Yes. This one specifies special and unique, though. Yeah, but they've all been some form of being loved for who you are. Yes, and that's another thing that we've, what we have, like, what we have agreed it's like on. Everyone longs to be loved for who they are. Sure. And like, if all, if three numbers in a row are like, you want to be loved for who you are, well, like that's two's, cheating. Twos, threes, and fours are also all heart centers. Well, it's still cheating. Find a different, find better words, find a better way to articulate it, or admit that, like, okay, everyone shares this longing, and, like, this isn't a real thing. Like, th there's something in that that makes me, uh, like, I'm interested in the truth. <laughs> I, uh -huh. I'm interested in reality, you know? Uh -huh. And, like, there's something about three in a row being like, you want to be loved for who you are. It's like, you're a fucking horoscope then. Like, yeah. you know, seen and loved for who you are, special and unique, love for simply being you, and wanted and loved. They're, they're all they're like they're all the same. They're not the same. They're similar. They're very much I the same. I hear the the point that you're making, and I'm going to choose to agree to disagree. I can hear the similarity, but they are ever so slightly different. N if they are that similar, then this particular then then this like personality descriptor should absolutely do a better job of articulating the differences. Sure, I if, would agree if, to that. If all of them are like, you want to be loved for who you are, you want to be wanted and loved, you want to be loved for who you are and seen for who you are and loved for who you are. Like, if all of them are like that, it's like, well, then this category can just kind of like go out the window. Yeah. If every, like, why don't you just start the first sentence with, everyone wants to be loved for who they are. Like, right. 
Look, if everyone is that way, then let's just start with that. And I think that's kind of my problem is like there's so much, there's pomp and circumstance that is completely just, it's just fluff. It's just fluff. There's nothing there, you know? And like, if there is a thing to this, let's get to the thing of it, you know? Yeah, I would probably argue the thing of it is fear and motivation, but I'm reading the longing well, and... But again, those are actually different in what's being said so far. Yeah. Like, so I'm with you. If it is fear and motivation, then maybe leave out the the part where the answer is the same for every single type. Okay, then I, we'll just do fear and motivation then. Okay. Well, I'm curious to see if the other, if it keeps on okay, saying- Okay, then I'll keep saying, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type five, core desire, being capable and competent. Core fear, being annihilated, invaded, not existing, being thought incapable or ignorant. Being annihilated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annihilated, invaded, not existing, being thought incapable or ignorant, having obligations placed upon you or your energy depleted. Core weakness, avarice, feeling that you lack inner resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion, withholding yourself from contact with the world, holding on to your resources and minimizing your needs. Core longing, your needs are not a problem, is something a type five would love to hear. Okay, so that's a very different core longing. So now I wonder if, because we switched from heart to head. This is head. I wonder if now the, the head three. will be like very similar to that. Okay. Type six, core fear. Feeling fear itself, being without support, security, or guidance, being blamed, targeted, alone, or physically abandoned. Core desire, having security, guidance, and support. Core weakness, anxiety, scanning the horizon of life and trying to predict and prevent negative outcomes. I can, I, people are coming to my mind, mm -hmm. but definitely not me. Core longing, you are safe. Yeah, so that's very different from the mm -hmm. five. Yep. Yeah. Well, also, again, going back to our feeling centers, twos, threes, and fours all struggle with self-image, self-worth, feeling like they're missing a part of themselves, not enough. So again... To me, it does make sense that those three specifically would be so similar. I guess. I can see your gripe with I, it. I, I think we can do better. I, I, really, I, I really think we can do better in articulating I more specifically. I will agree with you on that. I will agree with like, you on there's that. There's better language out there for, the, for what's going on. I will agree with you on that. But I, I do think they're different. I think they're ever so slightly different, but I do think they're different. But I will agree with you. But that the language you read isn't, doesn't do a good enough job. Right. And I, that's where we can agree. Yeah. Okay. Type seven. Core desire, being happy, fully satisfied and content. Core fear, being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited or bored, missing out on something fun. Core weakness, gluttony. Feeling a great emptiness inside and having an insatiable desire to fill yourself up with experiences and stimulation in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. Core longing, you will be taken care of. Yeah, I mean, I don't identify with any of that, but again, names come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, type eight. 
Core desire, protecting yourself and those in your inner circle. Core fear, being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, vulnerable, manipulated, and left at the mercy of injustice. Core weakness, lust excess, constantly desiring intensity, control, and power, pushing yourself willfully on life and people in order to get what you desire. Core longing, you will not be betrayed. The only, so like, because this is one of the ones that is a potential for me. The only thing I identify with that is injustice. Yeah, left at the mercy of injustice. Everything else, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I would nope. challenge you on the protecting the, yourself and those in your inner circle. I think you really do care about protecting the people in your inner circle. From what? I mean, the hot dog stand story comes to mind. That's injustice. Okay. Okay. The hot dog story. The guy who wants to cut in line. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the people behind me and everything to do with like fucking no cuts. Oh, man. <laughs> like, there's no cuts. Like grade school, man. No cuts. <laughs> okay. Type nine. Just for the, if you never heard it, we were in, it was the end of the party night. We were in line for hot dogs. And somebody just strolled up and just straight up cut in line. And we were like, hey, man, we were here. And he was like, I will fight you. And yes. we were like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, no cuts. And, and like most people would have been like, just let him go. Just let him go. And I was like, uh, no, no cuts. That's and like, so again, injustice is the only in that description. That's the only thing that I really identify with. Okay. Not to say that I don't, I mean, like, you know, protecting other people, like, sure. Being betrayed. But, like, I, when I think about, uh, no, being betrayed, like, eh, no, nah, that, like, I mean, it sucks. It sucks for everybody. I would say your thing is more of being supported. Say, uh, say more. Like. I'm open. Like, you talk a lot about how, like, you, you need people, like, love. Words of affirmation is your love language. Like yeah. you really appreciate and so, need people to be in your corner. I, so I would, if I could add my own, well, all right, we're one away. Let's get to nine and then. What if you're a two? Oh, and then I will say my, what I think is, is the only thing I've heard quarter. you really identify with is two. It, that it, so far, that's the only one that I've actually been like, yeah, those words add up. I would love, I'm, I'm going to have to look at self-prize too. But I don't think I'm a two. I just don't think I'm a two. Self-prize two is counter type and we're going to have to look at it. Okay, type nine. That'll be three types I've been now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting about that is that four goes to two in stress and eight goes to two in growth. So you've all, like they've all, like the three that you've possibly Maybe been, I'm a really healthy eight or a really un dysfunctional for or a really healthy for or a <laughs> type nine core desire having inner stability and peace of mind core fear being in conflict tension or discord feeling shut out and overlooked losing connection with others that's something huh that, the fear uh, i identify with being in conflict tension or discord feeling shut out and overlooked well it's more the shut out and overlooked. Losing connection with others. Yeah, it's more that. 
I don't, being in tension and conflict is fine. How do you feel about inner stability and peace of mind? What? That's the core desire of an eye. Well, I mean, yeah, but who doesn't want inner stability and peace of mind? <laughs> like, that's another one of those things. Like, everybody would like to feel okay inside. <laughs> core weakness, sloth, remaining in an unrealistic and idealistic world in order to keep the peace, remain easygoing and not be disturbed by your anger, falling asleep to your passions, that's abilities. That's like conflict avoidant yes. stuff. Like, that's definitely not me. Core longing, your presence matters. That I identify with that. And okay, so where I would challenge maybe you're a nine then would be you could be a nine wing eight with a challenger wing. Because Preston is a type nine. Nobody would have ever guess that Preston was a type nine. Yeah, I mean, until we. <laughs> yeah. Because he originally typed as a seven. Yeah. I actually think he is a seven. You think he is a seven now? Yeah, I, I do. I think he's a Because look at him. Well, but the nine wing, so he's a social nine and they're a counter type and they are often mistyped as sevens. Because that's what I thought originally too. Anyway, so the two you seem to really actually identify with were two and nine. Uh, well, the, there are, that's the problem is there are words with all of them that I identify with. Okay, yes, but there were only two where you were like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the the nine, was it the fears or the core longing? The fear and the, the core longing. The fear and the core longing for a type nine. Yeah. And for type two, um, core desire being appreciated, loved, and wanted. Core fear being rejected and unwanted, being thought worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, or unworthy of love. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I identify with the, based on this, I'm a two. You identify with the two fear more than the nine fear? Yeah. So, okay. so like, so apropos, like, so after sure. having hear all of it, ha uh, I would say the things that are most important to me are justice and faithfulness. Justice and faithfulness. Yeah, f that, that everyone is treated fairly and... Um, there is a thing about, uh, I guess betray, I guess you could say betrayal, which is a type eight thing. Um, but it's more along, it's not like, uh, now when you say justice, blind loyalty, you know, it's more about like, um, supported. Yeah. Like, Hey, we're, we're, we were, we're for each other. So that's, that's a lot like my core fear. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of the stuff that I, like, I, as a two, need to, like, I need to know that I'm, o I'm okay and safe with my other people. I, I remember having a conversation with my, with John, my pastor growing up, um, about spouses. And for, and for me, a big important thing for my spouse is, like, I just need to know you're on my side. Yeah. If, even if I'm wrong, I need to know, I need to know, and, and, and mainly I'm coming at that from a public thing. So being appreciated and loved, being rejected or unworthy of love. Re rejected and unworthy of love is a big fear of mine. Like the, the idea that... Would you say that being supported would equate to or equal, like knowing somebody's on your side for you, that would equate to being appreciated and loved? 
Because I also think the words of affirmation being your love language thing could tie into that too. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, so it's not, you can't say negative things about me. Mm-hmm. It's that you're not going to publicly shame me for the negative things about me. It's it's more that. Mm. It's the, like, if I'm, there's something about, there's something about public shaming that's, that's rooted in that and like and you know if we were in a disciple group people should ask a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say what people feels should come bad in about, on that. <laughs> what like, feels bad about public shaming? Yeah, like where where's that happened before? What's going on there? And I I I think it comes back I think it goes back to childhood. I think I think there's the the kids that I grew up with, I was always kind of the low man on the totem pole and I was always embarrassed and made fun of. And I think there's something about that. Um, that that really just is rooted in my personality, and so there is something about the like. Um, I think it drives both aspects. I think it drives the justice. It, it it drives the like, hey man, nobody can say shit about that guy while I'm here. Like you're not allowed to make fun of anybody while I'm here. You're you're not allowed to make anyone feel like they're the low man on the totem pole while I'm here. There's something about that. And then there's also the, I think that also drives the, the, like the desire for like faithfulness and is like, Hey man, don't shit on me in public. Like if you got a problem with me, we can talk about it, but like, you gotta like do it in indoors, man. Like we got to do that indoors. Yeah. That's in house, you know, justice ties into one or eight as well. One, one is the song that makes me cry. Like, but, but Here's kind of a thing. No, I see what you're saying. I'm like, I I don't, I really honestly don't know where I fit on the Enneagram. I think when you talk about the the public shaming thing, I hear a lot of the core fear of a type one too. So being unredeemable, wrong, bad, evil. Yeah, but I have no fear of being wrong. It's more being made to be seen that you were wrong, right? Wrong? Well, Being okay. the bad guy? I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, well, the, hold on, let's, because when you said, when I was thinking wrong, I was thinking nor, more like five, like incorrect. Okay. I'm like, I don't identify with that at all. Right. Being seen as the bad guy is particularly problematic for me. You know, that's like my biggest fear, right? No. Yeah, being seen as the bad guy, like, Con- why, I'm, why do you think I'm constantly asking the question, like, is so-and-so mad at me? Because if they're mad at me, then I'm the bad. That's my big thing with, oh, in all of the conversations that you and I have had, it always comes back to, I, like, if a friendship mutually ends, that's fine. But I don't want it to be seen as though I was the one who did it. I don't want to be in trouble. I don't want to be the bad guy. I identify with that. I, I won, but again, that's one of those things where I, like, because Francisca says that too. Francisca's that way. She's a type five. Like, but, I think a lot of people the, are that the, way. But the difference in a type five version of that and a type two version of that is I would say a type five doesn't want to feel like they're well, so, more focused on the logistics and the being wrong. So why are you wrong. a type one then? Why am I not? I don't think I'm a one. I think I'm a two. I'm saying you might be a two. But like, isn't that a type one thing being viewed as as morally wrong? It's not. It's not that I care about being like having integrity, being moral, like 
being morally wrong, being imperfect. That's not what the fear is for me. The fear for me is like, I don't want to be the bad friend. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't care so much about that. Okay. Yeah, when I say I don't want to be the bad guy, it's... I mean I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah, my core fear is, and I mean it's the thing that... My core fear comes from, you know, when I was going to my inner childhood, an incident with my, my dad, where... And I feel like I paint over this a lot in disciple groups, but whatever. Um, I was talking with Matt about that the other day. Where I was 13... My dad had a three-hour conversation with my sister and I about just a bunch of stuff with my mom. And he was like, if you ever tell your mom this again, I'll never trust you again. I'll never talk to you again, this, that, and the other. So I kept it a secret for six months. I like kept quiet. I kept to myself, whatever. Well, then... Yeah. Ch- got, child abuse. Uh-huh. Right. Then they got into a massive fight, like a really, really, really big fight. And I decided, for some reason, I felt this urgency to tell my mom all the shit that he had said to me. And I'll never forget my dad laying on the couch after that happened because my mom, that was when my mom was like, we're getting a divorce. My dad laying on the couch after that happened and being like, don't ever talk to me again. Like, I'm never talking to you again. And then also feeling like I was the reason for them getting a divorce. So it comes from this place of Yeah, it's of like, like an origin story, man. I, I have ruined my family. I like... Yeah, that's an origin story. Yeah, it absolutely is, and I, I feel like I brush over it. You do brush over it. I, I really brush over it. I wonder why you might brush over no, it. No, this is not that <laughs> podcast. But I do brush over that, and it's a big origin, because that was when my siblings and I went to live with our neighbor. It, it was a huge origin story for me. So for me, my like fear of, like, I don't want to be the one blamed if the friendship goes wrong. I don't want to, like be responsible like I'm not the bad friend I'm not doing anything wrong like I yeah. I deserve to be loved and wanted and supported which is still trying friendship. to take care of the little girl who was blamed right. for shit that she had absolutely no power to do anything about exactly yeah. and it's the I just I, I wanted to be wanted I wanted to be needed I wanted to be supported like they all tie together so that's where my I don't want to be the bad guy comes from it comes from this place of like I'm not trying to end our friendship. I'm not trying to end our relationship. I'm just trying to keep it. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, My but it, it mine doesn't feel that way. Um, it, 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 like, so it's weird to talk about without getting into specifics, and I can't get into specifics because it's inappropriate for me to be specific. But like, so we recently had a conversation where I was talking about like the hardest part of... Yes. The job is sometimes being seen as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and while certainly that's not pleasant. Right. <laughs> that's just, that doesn't feel great. But it's also like, it's not like that's... Um, that's not impossible. Like, it's easy. It's not easy. But, like, it's... I can see the math involved of, like, all right, I need to go ahead and say this. And be the bad guy for a second for the sake of being the good guy. Like, I, in order to be the hero, I'm going to have to just, like, suffer a little bit here. In order to people, do... Yeah, people In not, order to cause the most good. Yeah. Do the most right. I... That is a thing that I do a lot. 
Like that's the thing I do a lot. In this conversation, I'm hearing a lot of type one. That's the one that makes me cry on the song. Like I'm not saying perfect exists. I'm just saying like, can we try? Like, and that, and that's, that ends up being, so because of what we're doing, I've had the opportunity to kind of be at conferences and, and speak in front of people and teach other pastors about some stuff. And like, that's constantly my message. My constant message is like, we all know that what we're doing sucks. Mm -hmm. And let's stop pretending it sucks. Let, like, let's stop pretending it doesn't suck. Let's acknowledge that it sucks. Let's admit it. Let's swallow that pill. And, and now I'm saying, like, what if we tried for perfection? What if we tried for it? Like, what if we tried? Uh, like that, and that ends up being the message. Like, I'm, you don't have to land out on the moon. You, like, you don't, but like, wh what if we just tried? Like, what if we got out of the atmosphere, you know? Like, that would still be pretty great, right? Like, there's a lot of that, of, of like, I'm not a perfectionist. Do you have <clears throat> a harsh inner critic? No. 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 I think I'm pretty great. You don't beat up on yourself at all? Well, everyone beats up on themselves a little bit, uh, but I, I, I don't beat, on my, beat up on myself to a, a large extent. I think I'm pretty great. I th I think uh, I think my wife is lucky to have married me. Like, and I think that's a good measure of that. You know, like yeah. Any husband who thinks like, and don't get me wrong, I'm lucky to have married her too. Right. You know, like I don't mean it in a in a um, like a demeaning way towards her at all. Uh, but but I I'm pretty I'm pretty I love myself. I I'm happy to be myself. I like being who I am. The, the, the worst things that I would say about me are like, man, I wish my waistline was slimmer and I had hair. <laughs> those are the worst things I could, I could change. Those are the things I would change about me. Let me re-ask that question. Not necessarily an inner critic about you and who you are, but when things go wrong... I cannot watch a movie without critiquing it. Uh-huh. I cannot go to a sermon or a conference or hear someone speak or see a band without being like, they uh -huh. should have done this, this should have gone better. I would have done it this way. That's wrong. That's for sure. I think you're a one. Okay, now I'm a one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a one. Congratulations. <laughs> we figured it out. Well, it's like, well, well have we? <laughs> I mean, you have an inner critic. You identify with a sense of justice, wanting to do the most right. Um, core fear of being like irredeemable, seen as seen as worthless, not good enough. Um, some ones would say not perfect. I don't. I wouldn't throw that on you, but not doing the best that you possibly can with what you have, I would think, would be a, or being unable to do that. Might be a core fear for you. Mm. Yeah, so, like, so here's the th like in again in just my own words, like the thing I desire most is like it's like justice, fairness, equity, and not 
that's that gets difficult because that's a political statement. I'm not talking about equity in the ends. I'm talking about like uh, equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a lot of equality of outcome. Like, well, there's there's 51% female and 49% right. male. And if we don't have 51% female attorneys in the world, then we are not like, fuck that, you fucking idiot. Right. That's so stupid. But the idea that any little girl out there <laughs> who is born into a society should have, like, it, like, if she is smart enough and willing to work hard enough and wants to do it, like, she should fucking be allowed. To, like, she should be given opportunities and we should do everything we can to make her able to do that. You know, like we want the best people in that role, but also I don't want, I don't want to force people into positions where they would be unhappy and they don't like, Mm -hmm. like it's that, like that, that, so when you get at my real core motivations, it's that. And it's the, like, that's why the no cuts thing. It's like, Hey man, this is America. Everybody lines up. Like, you wait your turn. I don't care how much fucking money you have. Like, you wait in line for the hot dog. Like, you know? Like, there's something about that. Like, in America, everyone fucking waits in line. You get one vote. I don't care how much money you get. You get one vote. Like that. Have you decided whether you're a sexual subtype or a self-pres subtype? No. I mean, I think I'm self-pres, but... I mean... If if we've learned anything, we've learned that I don't fucking like have any so clue. So Tom, who we've also had on the podcast, is Tom a, Blair. Uh huh. He's yep. an SX one. SX ones are a countertype. Guess what the two numbers they're a countertype of is? What a four and an eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about this. Sexual ones focus ideal partner in an ideal world. They're a countertype. They use their energy to reform others in society rather than focusing on self-improvement. They desire depth and strong connection with their ideal partner. They believe that a relationship will bring them stability. They have higher expectations of others, their family, and their friends, and they expect the other person in the relationship to hold the same high standards. With the sexual instinct, ones can be more impulsive, expressive of their anger, and zealous about what is right. Yes. I so, think, so again, like we're only proving personality type then, yeah. you know, like, but no, because I think in hearing you talk and hearing you share that story, you were talking about the motivation, which is what led us to get there. Uh, it was because we got to a place of, okay, justice and faithfulness. Okay. Well, what does that look like for you? Why does that matter? And being able to talk about that, that we were able to be like, okay, well, maybe you're a one. So, I mean, this is quite immodest and not quite charismatic for me to talk about myself this way. But if I do say so myself, yeah, I'm a pretty fucking self-aware guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm pretty self-reflective, emotionally intelligent, aware of what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. So, I find myself again, at the, like, going like, I don't fuck, I, who cares? I don't care what type I am. That's fair. I am this. This is what I am. 
and like this is what makes me cry this is what makes me get out of bed this is what makes me angry this is what like like I'm okay with all of it I, I and I genuinely enjoy being it and it's like well then I don't fucking need your Enneagram you know yeah so like it begs the question of well then what's it for if not to type other people then what's it like I, I think, think the Enneagram is actually only good for typing other people <laughs> I think you have a very unique and gifted skill set in being aware of who you are and how you are the way you are I think <clears throat> You have developed a program to help teach people how to do that. For people like me, who before coming into and actively doing discipleship work like we have been doing, the reason I'm such a big fan of the Enneagram is because I found a lot of language. In being a type two, I found a lot of freedom and language to things that I had never had language to before. Not everybody has access to our discipleship group type programs. And it wasn't until I started reading about the Enneagram that I started to look at how much I actually minimized myself. Okay. I, I, I'm, so like what you're describing is stuff that sets people free, which I'm in. I'm into. Yes. I love Correct. that. Correct. I think some of, some of my fear is that this will start to lock people up because i have been in the course of this podcast what <laughs> four different types now yeah you know and i and i and like that doesn't bother me at all because i don't i'm like yeah, i'm gonna be who i am like that's i love myself i like being who i am i believe in what i'm doing i'm happy with how life is like, I, I want to be who I am. I, I like how God made me, you mm -hmm. know? I, don't, I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. Right. And I get worried about locking people into, for example, the four thing for me. Like, oh, ah, he's a four. Yeah, he's yes. a, like, and that's like, absolutely a huge Now, problem. that doesn't change how I act. Right. But the only reason it doesn't is because I'm fine and I, and I take the Enneagram with a grain of salt. I get concerned about, it, it, like it, obviously your testimony, it worked for you, it worked really well. I get concerned about, what about the other type four, quote unquote, out there? who's actually a type eight or a type one or whatever. This. And they're like into, I'm a type four. And like now they can't be themselves and now they're, they're behaving a certain way. This is way. exactly why. This, that right there is exactly why we cannot just base the Enneagram off of personality. Because the reason people locked you into you're a four is because they looked at the way you act and they looked at your personality traits and they said, oh, that matches up with the personality of a four. And every time I read on Enneagram Instagram, it says that fours are this way. That's my point. I'm not saying the Enneagram's not a personality test. It absolutely is, it absolutely talks about personality accurately. It absolutely gives people motivate like tools and traits about themselves, whatever. We lock people in and put them in a box when we just focus on their personality type and when we decide who they are because of the way they act. So I agree with you 100%. That was my whole point. All right, well, we've all learned a lot here. <laughs> and we are coming up on our time. 
We do always end with the cheers. Uh, you can go first. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. No, 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 you go first. Uh, I'm gonna cheers to Chris proving my own point. Oh, and, okay, you're gonna be shitty about it. All right. And I'm also going to cheers to <clears throat> the freedom that Enneagram brings people when used correctly. And I'm also going to challenge, I'm gonna change it up, I'm gonna challenge people to stop typing other people because it's not helpful and it's problematic behavior. Said the challenger. Me? Oh yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> um, I will, I will cheers to uh, the opportunity that every person has to really truly be themselves, enjoy being themselves, flaws and all, like nobody's perfect, everybody has, and, and this this is a statement that gets passed over a lot, but it's it's a re like everybody has flaws, but it's like no everybody has real flaws, mm -hmm. like serious flaws, like can't stop doing the thing that like is addicted to the is envious of the like serious flaws. Everybody has serious flaws. Like everyone has serious flaws. And that's no excuse not to love yourself and enjoy being who you are and like work toward like don't get hung up on that shit. Acknowledge it, embrace it, love it, and be who you were created to be. Um, and in a in a loving kind of like, don't let other shit define what you're supposed to be, and instead be who you are. You know, unless you're a fucking serial killer. And, and then and don't that, do that. In that case, take your own life and spare us all from your own bullshit. But like, like, but the vast majority of people, like, we all have real, real shit that we're dealing with. And everyone thinks they're the only ones. And it's like, no, but don't put off loving yourself and enjoying being who you are. Like, really, truly, your life is limited. <laughs> and yeah. You should enjoy being who you are. And find a way to do it. And and if you're not sure how to do that, email us, at, email us at kindredumc at gmail.com. Join the disciple group. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.